Welcome to my monthly hot topic on a timely issue in the volunteer field. I'm Susan Ellis, president of Energize Incorporated. That pesky word, volunteer. As I write this month's hot topic, it is National Volunteer Week 2017 in the United States and Canada. So my inbox and social media accounts are busy with stories about volunteering and praise for those who are volunteers in the ways that are traditional to most of us. But there are other things going on in the world that could also be considered stories of volunteering, many without the halo effect most associate with the term. For example, if you pay close attention to the news coverage of Ivanka Trump's and her husband, Jared Kushner's, roles in the Trump White House, you will learn that they are both, yes, volunteers. Not that you will ever see or hear that word. For example, the Washington Post said in a January 2017 article, quote, Kushner, who will not take a salary, is expected to have a broad portfolio that includes government operations, trade deals, and Middle East policy, according to a member of Trump's transition team. In a statement, the transition office said Kushner would work closely with White House Chief of Staff's Vince Priebus and Chief Strategist Stephen K. Bannon to execute Trump's agenda. Note the low-key phrase, who will not take a salary. Even more interesting is the next paragraph in the article. Again, quote, Some ethics experts question whether a Kushner's appointment would violate the 1967 federal anti-nepotism statute, which came about after President John F. Kennedy named his brother as attorney general. It forbids public officials from hiring family members and agencies or offices they oversee and explicitly lists sons-in-law as prohibited employees. Richard Painter and Norman Eisen, who served as chief White House ethics lawyers under Presidents George W. Bush and Obama, respectively, say they counseled senior White House officials to avoid appointing relatives to West Wing jobs. In this case, everyone still seems to accept that Kushner has been given a job. Although, of course, the Trump administration sees nothing ethically wrong with this or with Ivanka's same situation. So the next time someone in your organization says something like, we just can't let volunteers do something as important as this, you have the perfect model for a retort. This centers on the question of what's most important to the definition of a volunteer, the level of pay or the degree of voluntariness, choice, obligation, or coercion, and from whose perspective, that of the person giving the service or of the people and organizations accepting it. One more current news item is relevant. Undoubtedly, you've seen those pictures of the man being dragged off the United Airlines plane after he wouldn't, quote, volunteer, close quote, to give up his seat. Fewer people saw the follow-up interview with another passenger who did respond to that call, noting gleefully that she had scored more than $10,000 in future airline travel and cash for her family simply by volunteering to take a later flight. As leaders of volunteers, we need to acknowledge and understand that we cannot assume the word volunteer means the same thing to everyone. And we have to communicate effectively exactly what we mean when we use it. As we all know, another issue with the word volunteer is that it is laden with baggage and unfortunate stereotypes, both about the people who do volunteer work, women, retired people, unemployable people, wealthy people, and the work that they do low level. 
In response, over the last two decades, more and more of the field has divested itself of the word. To illustrate this, I'm happy to share a handout that I've kept updated for many years called What's in a Name? And if you're listening to this podcast, you can go online and download that PDF. The Corporation for National and Community Service is a pertinent example. It is currently in danger of being defunded, which I hope does not happen. But I also have to say that it has undergone great mission drift from its original volunteer-focused mandate. A quick review of its history shows how the emphasis moved from volunteering to the language of, quote, community service, close quote. 1961, the Peace Corps required full-time volunteering overseas with only enough reimbursement for living expenses. 1966, VISTA, Volunteers in Service to America, was created specifically to duplicate the Peace Corps international model here in the United States. At one time, VISTAs were not permitted to do anything other than their committed service, even if it meant working many more hours than a regular job. Again, their stipend was to cover living expenses only. 1971, the Federal Agency ACTION, which was not an acronym, also administered the Retired Senior Volunteer Program, the National School Volunteer Program, and a special project to create state offices of volunteer services. Note the many uses of the V word. By the way, the Peace Corps left action in 1979. 1993, things changed course when action morphed into the corporation and launched AmeriCorps, which merged a variety of financial awards, such as end-of-service education grants, and also removal of the restrictions against doing anything other than serving in AmeriCorps during the committed time. Although the corporation still administers RSVP, it has merged its vocabulary to include it and other senior programs under the term Senior Corps. Also in the 90s, the Governor's Offices of Volunteer Services changed into Commissions for National Service. As these changes occurred, we all began talking about community service rather than volunteering. Maybe as a convenient way to skirt the issue of when does reimbursement of expenses become a very low wage? Note, too, that today the corporation does not participate in National Volunteer Week, preferring instead to promote AmeriCorps Week held in March. So, should or do we give volunteer recognition to AmeriCorps members? How about student interns receiving academic credit, which doesn't buy bread, or business people who prefer to do pro bono work? What about all those people who go above and beyond the requirements of their paying jobs? And why don't we equally thank the volunteer board members of a nonprofit organization at the same time we thank more hands-on volunteers? This is far from the first time I've written or spoken about this subject, nor is it likely to be the last. As early as 1978, Catherine Campbell and I laid out a number of issues regarding vocabulary in our field in the introduction to our book by the people, A History of Americans as Volunteers. Among other things, we were trying to explain the issues involved and why it was acceptable to include civil rights freedom riders in our history, even though they were breaking the law, but why we only included the earliest history of the Ku Klux Klan right after the Civil War when they served a purpose but not once they began committing indefensible crimes. Andy Fryer once wrote a wonderfully controversial e-volunteerism article entitled Voluntarism, in which he asked whether we are to accept without question the 2003 headline in the Adelaide Advertiser, quote, Saddam's Volunteer Suicide Bombers. 
Sarah Jane Rembor contributed a guest hot topic back in 1998 on the limits of the V word with special concern about the lack of clarity in academic research. I feel strongly enough about this whole issue to have created a special page on the Energize website called How We Define Volunteer for Energize and What is Not Volunteering to Us. And there's an entire section in our A to Z volunteer management library on definitions of volunteer. I encourage you to spend some time thinking about the issues and maybe spending part of National Volunteer Week discussing the word with others. There's no easy answer to any of this, and I'm not ranting or wringing my hands. I would like to recognize all actions taken on behalf of the community or important causes, no matter the label assigned, especially if they are done truly by choice and without monetary profit. And let's not rule out the people who do not embrace the word volunteer. What I want is for us to be thoughtful and reasoned in our decisions for what vocabulary we use and when we apply it. And happy National Volunteer Week whenever it occurs in your country. What is your definition of a volunteer? Where do you draw the line as to who is not a volunteer? This hot topic is also available in written format on our website where you're welcome to come and post a response as well as read the comments of other site visitors. Go to www.energizeinc.com or you can respond to this hot topic simply by sending an email to webmaster at energizeinc.com. At our website, you'll also find an archive of hot topics from over 20 years as well as over 1,200 pages of free information for leaders of volunteers. Thank you so much for listening today.